and welcome to What a Scream, the horror movie podcast where I, your host, Egraine, chats with a special guest every week um, about horror films. And in particular, we choose two films that have to do with a certain subject or theme that I have previously randomly chosen. Um, so I know that there was a bit of a break last week. Um, I unexpectedly just did not put up a podcast um, because I had been in Edinburgh. Um, I'd done lots of spooky, ghouly things um, with my friends. Uh, I'd gone away for an impromptu Hindu um, and that was so much fun. Edinburgh was great. It's such a spooky city. Very uphill, a lot of stairs. Um, you may need to bring an inhaler with you. Um, so yeah, and then I had a very busy week because I found out that I had got a position at the uh, BFI and London Film Festival Critics Mentorship Program. So that was my week. I am now, as you are listening to this, I am now currently in London for a good few weeks um, doing fantastic work with fantastic people and I am honoured. Like I'm still in shock I got this. Like me, me, this gobshite from Ireland, what the hell? So yes, um, all very exciting. So thank you for bearing with me. I'm really sorry. I was like, I just went radio silence on everybody. And I was sorting through a lot of things. Um, but here we are, back on track um, after a slight derailment. And this week, my theme is the slasher revival. Now, obviously, the, the golden age of the slasher was in the 80s. It exploded and then it went a bit quiet, even though we did get a lot of uh, Jason and Freddy sequels. Um, but it went kind of quiet until kind of the late 90s, early 2000s. Of course, Mr. Wes Craven's Scream was kind of the, the, the expo- like the, the, what do they call it? You know, the point of detonation, I guess, if we're going to go with that metaphor. Um, and all of a sudden... It was all about the slasher. The slashers were everywhere. Um, only difference is with the kind of 90s, 2000s slashers. Whereas before, in the 80s, a lot of films that were kind of unknown actors. Um, a lot of people got their starts like Kevin Bacon and like Johnny Depp in slashers. Whereas now, the slashers of the late 90s and the early 2000s they featured high-profile young stars. We saw a lot of stars from Buffy, Jennifer Love Hewitt, obviously Neve Campbell, Ski Ulrich, um, Freddie Prince Jr., all those. They were massive stars already, and then they were starring in these um, high-budget uh, slasher films. Um, they still followed the same kind of formula. We still pretty much always had a final girl um, it was always young teenagers. Uh, it was usually to do with like uh, the anniversary of a big event or something. Um, but it was a lot more glossier, a lot more Hollywood than it had been. Um, so my guest this week is Stephen Mitchell. And together we are chatting about two films that are from the slasher revival. One of them is Cherry Falls, which is kind of a little known one but it, it's pretty good <laughs> I really enjoyed it um there and then the second one is the remake of House of Wax so enjoy 
So I would like to welcome to What a Scream, Stephen Mitchell. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, how is your corner of the world? Yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, things are things are getting back to normal. We went to a, a me and my family went to a park today, and they've got little miniature tra- uh, trains that you can ride on. Yeah, we haven't been able to do that in a couple of years, so that kind of felt like a little bit of normality was back. Yeah, it was that's really good. great. That's really good. Um, have you managed to get to the cinema at all to see anything? Yes, I've got the the Odeon cards, the Limitless mm-hmm. cards. So I normally try and go once or, or twice a week and have yeah. been since lockdown uh, lifted again. So yeah, yeah and I've got to see quite a few things, So which is really good. It, it was oh, nice. It, it felt like being back home. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was always like, as soon as I got back in that cinema, I was like, yay, I'm home. Mm. <laughs> um, so would you like to give us a little bit of an introduction to who you are and what you do? Uh, sure, not a problem. I um, work for the United Reformed Church. I'm a children and youth development officer, so supporting churches with their children's work, youth work, safeguard and training, all that kind of stuff. And I'm also a, a youth mental health first aider. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. And um, how did you get into horror? Uh, do you remember like the earliest horror memory you have? Very young. I remember on, and whether I do remember this or whether I was kind of told about it, but at our primary two Halloween school disco, which would have been when I was six or seven, mm. I went dressed as Freddy. <laughs> so, so even at six or seven, I was I was I was very much into horror so my, yeah. my parents definitely allowed me to watch things at that age and and, yeah. and definitely Nightmare on Elm Street and Psycho were the two that I remember making mm-hmm. a, a three-hour version of Psycho with my friends when we were about eight. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, very very young. <laughs> just just a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and do you remember what the very first horror film was you ever saw? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it must have been Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one of them it would have been, yeah. uh, uh, which in the series, but, but Freddy was dead and I had posters of Freddy and everything all over my room. So that was, yeah. I imagine uh, that, was, that was the first one that I saw. Yeah. And do you think your uh, early love of horror has kind of shaped you into the kind of adult you are today? Well, eh... Uh... I'm, I'm, I'm sure it must have done, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a that's a really interesting question. Like, if I put it in this kind of way, so you work obviously with mental health. Mm. Um, do you, like it seems like a lot of horror fans are kind of very intuitive where it comes to their mental health, and you know, horror has helped them explore things mm. within mental health. Um, do you think that it's had that kind of impact on you? I think only really in, in recent years have I mm-hmm. have a thought about the, the, the mental health side of, of horror. Mm-hmm. So probably not growing up, okay. but, but but definitely now it is. And I'm speaking at a, a Christian youth work conference in November yeah. about why you should be watching horror films with young people. Okay. Which who, who knows how that'll go down. Yeah, that sounds I'm really not, interesting. I'm, I'm probably I'm in the minority in terms of a, yeah. a Christian who loves horror. Yeah. So, so that'll be interesting. I think I'll probably get a little bit of backlash around it, but 
great that the conference wants me to come and and, and talk about that. And and a lot of that will be around horror being a a safe space for for people to explore a whole variety of issues. Yeah. And do you think, have you ever come across this, that like your work with the church has kind of, um, is kind of in a stark contrast and kind of, how would I say, not like come up against but would you find it quite um, controversial that, you know, you work for the church, but you're also really big into horror? Do you think there's some kind of uh, pushback against that? I, th- I think definitely within certain denominations of, mm-hmm. of, of the Christian faith, within mm-hmm. the United Reformed Church, that there are far more in- inclusive denomination and, and were the first mainline denomination to, to affirm same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. So, so that they're far more open to, yeah. to all people and all kinds. But, but definitely, in my past and with different denominations, I've been a part of. Yeah, to, I've kept my love of horror quite quiet. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like I'm from Ireland, and obviously Ireland's uh, still a very Catholic country, and mm. it's you know, the amount of horror films that have been banned here. And very like up until recently, you know, like The Exorcist was banned here. Mm. Um, Alice, Sweet Alice was banned here. And, you know, we've always had this kind of pushback with the Catholic Church against certain films. And so I always find it really interesting when someone is, you know, a big part of their church and their faith, but they're a massive horror fan. Because to me, in my brain, they're opposing forces. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, I I completely get that. For me, just... Horror is probably the, the main genre actually even talks about God. Yeah. So from that perspective, and and then most of the time, God wins. Yeah. And and a lot of those films. So, so I, th- I think when I'm able to have conversations with people and explain that, that that mm-hmm. softens some of that because most Christians I end up talking to about it who have a very negative view of horror really haven't seen any horror. Yeah. And, and so it all comes with that that fear of the unknown more than yeah. anything. Absolutely. Like my favorite horror film is The Exorcist. And obviously, you know, people think it's this like, oh, the devil, it's the devil film and it's cursed and blah, 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 blah. But it's actually really pro-religion and pro-faith. And, you know, the the priests win at the end. And, you know, it's even though I'm not religious, I do, you know, it is a kind of pro religion film and it's one of my favorite films and it's a really good story about good versus evil which is you know a lot of biblical stories are kind of a lot of the time um so yeah more church people should watch horror (laughs) it's it's the general thing Yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah um so let's move on to our theme for this podcast episode which is the slasher revival so we're talking about those slashes in kind of like the late 90s early 2000s um that kind of exploded um i i always think that kind of Candyman started this out in like 1992 that was kind of like the first and then obviously scream was the big one where it kind of exploded um so what do you think of the slasher revival genre yeah i was I, th- I think I was what would I have been fifteen, sixteen when when Scream came out. So I was still at an age that I couldn't see that at the cinema. And yeah. I remember being quite upset that I couldn't oh. actually get to go and <laughs> yeah. to go and 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 see that. But yeah, it, it, it's definitely got a huge place in my heart. Probably not as much as as eighties because 
I, I watched 80s films from yeah. a very young age, so that probably has a much bigger yeah. impact on me. But I think there's a lot of really great 90s slasher films, yeah. particularly, and, and, and for the four or five years where it boomed, mm-hmm. uh, there were some really great ones, and, and, and Scream definitely is, yeah. is one that I'd, I watched again just a, a few weeks ago. Yeah. And still dated on, on some aspects but still holds up and is still a just a, a really good yeah. horror film and a, just a really good slasher film yeah i had never seen the sequels and so literally like last week two weeks ago i did all of them i did all four because obviously there's been a lot of talk about scream 5 coming out so i did all of them and i actually really enjoyed them like as you said they're a little bit dated but it's just good fun slasher which is kind of like what the 80s slashers were like they're a bit of fun and you know yeah. you could gather your mates around and laugh at the kills and you know and i think like i yeah i just think it's perhaps the revival era of the slasher is even though it's a real nostalgic kind of topic for a lot of people it is very kind of like overlooked in the horror genre why do you think that is i think big be- because of probably some of the, the tropes that go along with it, they were mm-hmm. super glossy yeah. with attractive TV mm-hmm. stars, not a lot of blood for the majority yeah. of them. Scream did, but some of that was obviously cut. And, and, and most of the others are fairly bloodless. Yeah. And, and, and so I guess compared to the, the 80s where it was excess and, yeah. and, and blood and practical effects, I, I imagine... That, that that's the issue that those that grew up or, or love the 80s don't like the 90s because they're they're super glossy and they're yeah. sleek and they're big budget with, yeah. with people kind of like that that gritty VHS style yeah. that they, they grew up with probably in the 80s and, and those kinds of films yeah I mean one thing that really sticks out to me with this kind of revival is like they're all meant to be kind of teenagers but they don't look like teenagers. No. You're like, no teenagers I know look like that. And they're all very beautiful, obviously, because they're like, whereas the 80s, a lot of the slashers contained unknown actors. Obviously, we had like Kevin Bacon and Johnny Depp have their breakout roles in slashers, whereas it was the reverse for a lot of these kind of late 90s, early 2000s, where they were already big stars. Mm. And then they got them into these films. And you're just like, this is not believable (laughs) like no one looks like these hollywood stars um but what do you think brought about the revival i think there was a number of things in alex west's book the 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 1990s teen horror cycle is just a a fantastic Mm. book for for giving a a good summary and 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 sort of pinched little bits from that when when i was kind of looking into it but i think generally the 90s were a a time of relative prosperity, yeah, and, and so there was a lot of money. Uh, youth culture was was dominating at the time, and so mm-hmm. TV it started with TV networks and Dawson's Creek and, and Party of Five and all those kind yeah. of TV series, and all those stars went on to make slasher films. Yeah, uh, the, the really a rise of the, the indie culture, and so many nineties film having indie songs and and and, and mm-hmm. things like that uh, were a big bit. And, and Alex West also talks about third wave feminism, yeah, and 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 that being essential because for a lot of the the, the 90s slasher films, they are female centric. They probably mm-hmm. weren't being feminist, but they're probably indirectly feminist, yeah, because they have a strong female character right at the start. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest tropes normally within seems like is that the the final girl always has a connection with the killer yeah. in some kind of way, whether it's past trauma, mm-hmm. whether it's a family relative. And, and so women were front and centre at the in the slasher boom and yeah. in these films. Yeah. Um, and how do you think it compares with, you know, so the 80 slashers, they're kind of thought as, you know, there's several eras in the horror genre where it's like they're the golden eras so we've got you know like the the 1930s and universal and then we had you know like the 50s and 60s with hammer and the 80s is sort of a golden era for the slasher genre but how do you think that the 90s uh 2000s revival compares to the 80s i I think it holds up really well i think because there are gems just as there are with mm-hmm. James in the 80s because there are there's a lot of rubbish from the 80s which isn't yeah it's, it's stating the obvious there, there was a lot of terrible slasher films in the 80s mm-hmm. but there was some great ones and I think there are some great ones in the 90s they, they, they probably both had that hit rate with yeah. s- some incredible ones and some awful ones but I I, I think really good yeah no absolutely yeah. I think there's some great 90s slasher films yeah that we can we can still watch and are still brilliant yeah i find them real like a comforting watch you know it's like Mm. real like nostalgic let's all have a sleepover at halloween kind of and i think yeah it's just that kind of comfort you know you know it's going to follow a certain trope and you know what's going to happen so it's quite you know it's a comfortable watch it's quite Mm. it's quite peaceful in the terms of a horror (laughs) like um so let's start off with the movie that you chose to cover um would you like to introduce it and give us a brief synopsis about it please Uh, sure it's uh it obviously, I'm cheating slightly in a, in a message on that, that I want to talk about House of Wax from, from 2005, which is really after the, the slasher yeah. boom of the 90s has been and gone. And, and this is a, a strange little one that, that, yeah. that pops up. Uh, but it's a, a obviously a, meant to be a remake of House of Wax from mm-hmm. Vincent Price, although it really has very little to do with yeah. the plot uh, from that film. But a group of teens are stranded near this strange wax museum and and they soon have to fight to survive from becoming the next exhibit. Mm-hmm. I think IMDb does a, a a good little synopsis. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's basically it. There's not much else to the plot really <laughs> is there. Um it kind of followed there seemed to be in like the 2000s a stream of remakes of old films like mm. we had, you know, um the house on haunted hill we had the haunting um and it kind of seemed to to follow that um but why did you decide to choose house of wax i think because it was probably unfairly beaten down when it first came out mm. and and i think that that's part of the fault of the filmmakers because the the the, the key component of the marketing was paris hilton <laughs> and, and i think there was a huge backlash yeah. Uh, to that and, and I think she's fine in the film I, yeah she's no better or no worse than than anyone else in it yeah so I, so I, th- I think it deserves a, a reappraisal really that actually I think it's a, a fun quite yeah. nasty slasher film that is quite in some ways quite different from the 90s mm. one because it moved more into the nastier side that yeah because obviously just before it there was the Texas Chainsaw massacre remake there was wrong turn and mm-hmm. we were coming into the the, the torture porn phase yeah. 
with, with, with hostel and things like that. So it's trying to balance, I think, that the 90s side of things with mm. the attractive TV stars mm. and the glossy look and a lot of money clearly spent on it. Yeah. But then also bringing in the nastier side that was was coming into Western horror at that point. Yeah. Like I I had seen it when it kind of first came out. I must have been about 16 when it came out. And, you know, it was it was just a teen slash and I was like, yeah, cool, you know, whatever, whatever. Um I watched it mainly because Paris Hilton was in it and I was just like, you know, I want to see how she does in this. Um but re-watching it a couple of days ago there are some really nasty moments in it. Like there's a moment when um, uh, the main character, Alicia Cuthbert, her character, her boyfriend, uh, played by Jared Padalecki, is captured by the wax maker and he's turned into a wax person. And we see, you know, like he's freaking eyebrows getting waxed off and, you know, and pins going into him and then being pumped full of wax and then at one point someone thinks he's like encased in the wax so he's trying to like pick away at him and he picks off his skin yeah that is nasty and you wouldn't see that in like you know like the glossy 90s slashers mm. and it did remind me of saw like especially the contraption it really yeah. reminded me of yeah. saw um and I think it's really underrated, like you said. I think I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes. I was reading reviews, and I was like, it's not that bad. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. And that's a horrible scene where it just keeps peeling away yeah. space and, and, and hoping to kind of get under. And it's like, no, stop, yeah. stop, yeah. <laughs> leave him alone now. Yeah, just just leave the poor guy alone. <laughs> yeah. Been through enough. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. I really enjoyed as well the set because it kind of gives vibes of Haunted House. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that throwback to like the gothic-y kind of vibe that perhaps I know there's a little nod to like Vincent Price because the the, the main antagonist is called Vincent. Yes. Um, so there's a little nod. But I did like that little slight nod to like the more gothic Vincent Pricey kind of campy um side what did you think of the set and the actual museum itself just in, in, incredible probably when you think the amount of money that would have been spent yeah. on a, a practical set like that you just you would that way it was the last of its kind of having that kind of money yeah. spent on it and even when it starts to to melt that the set is just in, incredible yeah um it really is and i know that part of it was made with peanut butter and, and when it starts to, when the bed starts to melt it's, it's, yeah. it's peanut butter Ew. But, but just the, yeah the, it, i think it looks incredible as, as i say it yeah. really does uh, and, and and makes it stand out from the other films of its time yeah a, a lot of care and attention went into the sets even the whole street yeah there's, there's it, it just looks it looks real yeah and and, and you feel that the, the characters are, are really there in that yeah, I mean, especially in like that era of film, they were so heavily relying on CGI mm. that it was nice to see things that are practical and they were practical effects and they were, you know, as you said, it took someone's expertise and it took someone's skill. And it's always nice to see a horror film when they use people's skill. I mean, yeah. I know CGI is a skill as well. And like, I don't want to put anything down for CGI technicians, but it's, I'm just one of these people that are very pro practical effects mm. and I loved that. And I just think the wax is so gross and knowing it's peanut butter makes me even like, what? I love peanut butter, but like, that is just like the smell, like the mm. smell of it must've been like, what? 
no, but yeah. And CG, CG films just date so yeah. much on it. And I think that's why it partly holds up because it's it's practical and it and isn't old computer graphics that yeah. a lot of the films are like 13 Ghosts and other films are in that time yeah. look more dated because of the CG, whereas, whereas I think this one still really holds up. Yeah. Um, so the horror elements of House of Wax, do you think it's a scary film? No. Okay. No, I don't think it is. I think it's it's definitely in that vein of the 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 late nineties slashers of it's fun and, yeah. and you just you want to see how their the characters are going to get killed. I think uh, definitely nasty, but yeah. but no, I didn't. Uh, even watching it because I only watched it for the first time last year, and then watching it again for this, it's like no, this it's just fun. It's yeah. not a, it's not a scary film. I don't think. Yeah, you, it was, you feel the same? Or? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those films that you go to see in the cinema with a bunch of mates and, it, you know, yeah. it's a bit of a, a fun kind of ghost ride, as they call them, films. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a bit of harmless fun, you know, and I think, like, not everything in horror has to be so serious and so scary and so thought-provoking and so soul-crushing. Like, sometimes it's good, as we said earlier, it's good to go to a film that is just a bit of a release, and you get a bit of a rush of endorphins from it. And I just think that House of Wax is one of those films which I really appreciate. Mm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's just yeah. a it's a good time. I guess the, the horror element is that even watching it again the second time, some of the, the kills are quite horrifying, especially yeah. when people are then turned into wax. I think, well, that's yeah. actually, that's quite unsettling yeah. what happens to them. And so that side of it, I think, is quite horrific. Yeah as opposed to it being scary. Yeah. Would you recommend House of Wax to horror fans? Uh, yes, I, I definitely would. I think it's it's still a product of its time. It's mm -hmm. the way it uses Paris Hilton, I think is it was problematic then and it's still yeah. problematic. A lot of the time she's seen through a, a video camera. Yeah. While one of the characters, which is clearly nodding back to the... Yeah porn tape and everything from the year before the sex tape from the year mm -hmm. before so that all of that is still problematic yeah I think. And, and so i would give that that caveat to it yeah. it is still a, a product of its time but it's, it's still really fun and, and definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it and then even if you have and you don't remember much about it i would still encourage people to to check it okay. out again like if you're looking for just a move a popcorn movie kind of yeah thrown it's good it's good um so let's move on to the film that i chose um i chose the film cherry falls that for me it took me ages to try and find this film and it was like <laughs> did i imagine this film or because <laughs> i saw it when i was pretty young um must have been early teens ish mm. um and i was like did i imagine this film but no, I, it's real. It was, I didn't dream it. Um, so it's a 2000 American slasher by Jeffrey Wright. Um, it stars Brittany Murphy as Jodie, um, who is the daughter of the sheriff. Um, she's going out with this guy who keeps pressuring her into sex, but she's like, no, asshole. And he goes off in a half and whatever. Meanwhile, there is a serial killer who is picking off the virgins of Cherry Falls. Um and so the high school kids throw a sex party to lose their virginity. Um, but then it turns out that it is the local English teacher dressing up as his mother and exacting revenge after his mother was raped by high school seniors that included the principal and the sheriff. Uh, she got pregnant with him. Turns out it's the sheriff's child and 
Yeah. Um, what do you think of Cherry Falls? It's it's good, but I think it, 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 I always feel it was missing something that it mm. and kind of researching into it, it was it was really the death nail of the nineties yeah. slashers. I think the boom ended pretty much with Cherry Falls. But but looking to it, it was so heavily cut. Mm. The the kills were cut, the 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 sex set piece at the end was mm-hmm. really cut down. And 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 so it's a fairly watered down version, I think, of what the, yeah. the writer and director wanted it to be. Yeah. So it, it's interesting, but I, I wish we could see the the, the full on version that yeah. because reading what the kills were and what they wanted, it's like, mm. oh, no, that, that sounds like a much better film than than ultimately what we got. Yeah, it was definitely a victim of the American censors because it didn't actually get a US cinematic release. Um, they had to put it on TV as a television mm. film and it's still the uh, most expensive TV film ever made. <laughs> Uh, with a budget of 14 million, um, which is crazy. It got it got like a cinematic release in like UK and Ireland and all that. But yeah, so I, I'm i going to assume that the censors did not like the message behind it, which was, you know, it flipped the slasher trope of if you have sex, you die, mm. uh, which we see in like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween even. Um, and in this one, it was like, well, if you don't have sex, you're going to die. Um, what did you think about that little flip there? Yeah, really good. And and I liked that it was sex positive. Mm-hmm. And and what I really liked was obviously the the characters that were the sluts or whatever that were and they were called mm-hmm. that and, and the film then became the role models. Yeah. The other students, because you have the the, the girl who was getting slagged off for, mm-hmm. for, for sleeping around was then instructing the the girls on on and how to have good sex and all of that. So, yeah. so I think I think from that it was it was really good. It was a, it was a smart uh, yeah. flip on, yeah. on on the nineties trope, yeah. and 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 completely different from as you say the the Friday the Thirteens and things that were saying. Well, actually, sex is a good thing. Yeah, uh, which yeah. even still in slasher movies you don't any new ones you still don't get that kind of message. Yeah. So it was it was very ahead of its time. Yeah, I really liked, as you said, it was sex positive and it was like, you know, the main character was being pressured into sex and she was like, no, I don't want to, like, leave me alone. It wasn't like full on, you know, it kind of painted out her boyfriend as the asshole that he was. Mm. And so it was like, it was very much like, you know what, sex is a choice. And if you want to have sex, cool. If you don't want to have sex, cool. Um, The thing I liked about it was there was one scene and like it is actually kind of creepy, but her dad is like, have you had sex yet? Have you gone all the way yet? And she's like, no, daddy. And he's like, well, maybe you should go all the way. You know, it's it's, it's kind of a weird scene and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is uncomfortable. But it kind of demonstrated how gross it is for adults to be obsessed young adults or teenage bodies and sex lives and it's just as creepy if someone was like are you a virgin you better be a virgin you better be a virgin yeah so it's kind of creepy how they're so they want to be so involved in their like sex lives and it's just whatever you're doing whether you're asking if someone's a virgin or has had sex it's creepy like don't do that (laughs) yeah yeah no absolutely and uh, yeah and i think it's it's just really good for that that they the, the dad is just a creepy character Ooh, yeah anyway and there's the that there's the scene where he's he's teaching 
his daughter Jodie's self-defence. And then, and then they have that moment that you kind of get in romantic comedies normally where two people kind of then fall on top of each other and you have that awkward moment. And that happens with the, the dad and the daughter. Yeah. And watching it, I was just going, that's, that's awful. You obviously okay. then learn, oh yeah, he, yeah. Is, he is awful. He's an yeah. awful human being and a rapist yeah. and everything else. But before, before you even get to it and you have that scene, it's just like, oh. Yeah, something's not right with this man. I thought I was the only one that was like, oh, that's a bit weird. But no, if you've said it, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I thought I was the only one that thought it was really creepy. But thank God I'm not. Um, But yeah, I kind of almost um, compared it to, especially at that time, um, when people like, because Britney Spears was probably at her, you know, like high to fame at this point when this film came out, and everyone was obsessed with her virginity. They were like, when's she gonna lose her virginity? Blah, 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 blah. Even like celebrities like the Jonas Brothers, they, you know, had virginity rings. And it was just mm. all this kind of like obsession with other people's sex lives, with young people's sex lives. And I feel that this film did a really good thing of like throwing it on its head and being like, yo, this is creepy. Like, yeah. stop. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely a, a real attack on the the, the purity culture that, that that came with American Christianity, particularly. Yeah. And, and that real focus on that. Yeah. And I know in America, m- many churches still have that that father daughter purity dance. And what? Yeah. Where the <laughs> hands over a ring and says, "Oh no, I'm yeah. going to hold." And so, yeah, it's a real attack against. Yeah. Know, that, just that horrible. Yeah. Stuff that comes that comes with that more conservative side of the christian faith yeah um how did you feel about the character of the english teacher who dresses up like his mother i mean obviously it's got very strong psycho norman bates vibes um but there is some controversy surrounding you know norman bates dressing as a woman or we've got you know like buffalo bill or this kind of general theme of men dressing like women um and is this like a transphobic look? You know, we're kind of saying that, well, you know, tra- it's it's the hid- the the monstrous queer almost. Um, yeah. How do you feel? You know, do you think it was necessary for that to be included in this film? No, but but sadly, it is a, as you say, a, a trope mm. with within slasher, uh, right back to Psycho and then Dress to Kill, Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. All those kinds of films that, that that deal with the yeah the, the trans as ultimately a murderer that yeah you can't, you can't be trans and be a normal person yes yeah. like it always seems to go down and that trauma that you know, someone only generally becomes trans because of trauma yeah that, that seems to be an, an issue within horror films as well so I th- what I like about horror and the fact that they, that no other genre even tries to address issues around uh, mm-hmm. around trans but the but more often than not they, they don't do it well and it's it, it's generally problematic yeah. but i like the fact that it at least is bringing it to the surface mm-hmm. and allowing allowing people to see it and and then be able to discuss it off the back so I, I don't think it's done particularly well i think i think that the tropes of uh, trauma and, and 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 things like that don't work well within the yeah. film but it then hopefully means we can have these kind of discussions about mm-hmm. it and, and bring that discussion to the forefront, which I think is important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think it's a trope that needs to stay in the past and just like, you know, no, no more of these like traumatic trans characters or, you know, like this kind of 
villainous trans character because I just think that's really like it's you know it's dead let's let's mm. put it in its grave and you know move yes. on um still have the discussions over it but you know that's enough and I think that's where Cherry Falls really shows um the the time at which it was you know we were still in the 2000s which was a hugely problematic time um yeah. even going back and like watching stuff like Hostel I watched and I was like like it wasn't really that long ago but i was just like oh my god like the language is terrible like awful so i'm hoping that we're all gonna move on and not do this shit anymore um one thing that actually really bothered me about cherry falls was i was like how do they know they're virgins yes yeah <laughs> no, yeah i never even thought of that but yes, <laughs> right. how, yeah how does the killer even know uh, and, and, and picks people off so uh, yeah because you, you're assuming then that that the teacher is having to really get into mm. school gossip, yeah, and things like that, and try and, and pick people up. But yeah, that's a that's a massive hole. Yeah, <laughs> there, and there was there was like one point where you know the the coroner and the police chief were chatting, and they were like, "Oh, she's a virgin because her hymen is in place." And it was like, "Oh dear, like oh dear, that is so and, archaic." Like, yeah, really outdated. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 it's the. The jump to to that suddenly, oh, it, it must be that he's killing virgins <laughs> as well. It, it's you need you need a couple of extra scenes in there, or a couple of extra kills, or or something else. Yeah. Very sudden. Oh yeah, no, this, this is exactly what he's doing. Yeah, and especially because you would assume that most high school kids haven't had sex. Like you know, it's it's quite a common thing for mm -hmm. kids of their age. And it was just yeah, even though I quite liked Cherry Falls. Um, for twisting the genre, I was also a bit like, there's a great big gaping hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you, do you think you would recommend Cherry Falls to horror fans? Or do you think it's a film that you're kind of like, eh, let's just leave it in the past? I think again, as a, a historical film that, that shows something of the culture at the time and was trying mm -hmm. to do something different. I think it's, it, it should be celebrated on that that it was trying to yeah. attempt something different, but but I, I think because of the fact it was issues with the MPA, mm -hmm. the amount of times it was cut and and, and fairly bloodless and sexless yeah. for a film about sex yeah. and blood, uh, I don't think it's great. But I think as a curiosity, yeah, it, it's worth watching. And and as the death nail of the nineties slasher, I think yeah. it's worth keeping that as a. Is, is definitely if you're curious about it, watch it, but don't don't expect great things from it. Yeah. And out of the two films, which one would you uh, choose over the other? I would I would probably choose House of Wax. Okay. But I think it's just got mm -hmm. more rewatchability. And mm -hmm. I think that the deaths, the sets, e even as, as problematic as some of the stuff is within that, which just is two thousand horror, as you yeah. see, it kind of very broy. Mm-hmm which was a, a real trope within Hostel and that whole whole time. I, yeah. I still just think it's a better film than, than yeah. Cherry Falls. Yeah. I I have two kind of minds about it. I mean, I think what you said about Cherry Falls being like historic and being like the nail in the coffin and being like, okay, this was the tail end of the the revival and, you know, this is where it started all kind of going wrong a bit. Um, but I do agree with you with The House of Wax that it is rewatchable and it is something that, is a lot more well-rounded when you think of the sets, the kills, the 
the gruesomeness of it mm. um and it it is a slasher because it's you know like cherry falls is a slasher but as you said it's very bloodless and although that's not the mark of a slasher i mean texas chainsaw massacre is mainly bloodless yep. Yep. uh but it's still a great film but you can't really compare cherry falls to texas chainsaw no. massacre so <laughs> um so yeah i'm actually gonna agree with you there house of wax um so what why do you think uh that period of the slasher died down what do you think killed it in an ironic uh <laughs> i i think it was similar just to, to the 80s where there was just a, a too many okay. and, I, and i think people had just got sick and tired of mm -hmm. of the slasher i think it comes in cycles and it came to the end and and more interesting yeah horror films from from the yeah. east and, and other places what were coming yeah so i think that and, and i think columbine as well mm -hmm. i think that this that uh, school shooting had had a big impact obviously the big impact on cherry falls i think with with how yeah. it was cut but i think going forward people maybe just didn't want to see teenagers and especially yeah. those going to school being killed. Mm -hmm. and I, I think people found it then more distasteful. Yeah. And, and, and so we, and then we came into 9-11 and everything else. And so we were in a completely different world yeah. than, than what we were in, in the late nineties. Yeah, definitely. It, it's strange to see like the trajectory. I mean, obviously slasher is the precursor to the torture porn. It just kind of, upped it a bit mm -hmm. and yep. obviously because of 9-11 because of the fear of um it kind of went from you know slasher came from the fear of your neighbor the fear of the fellow american um whereas torture porn was born from the fear of the unknown stranger from another land especially when you look at hostel you know they're mm. in a foreign country um and so yeah it's really it's funny to see the traje trajectory and then obviously after that we had the supernatural with like a lot of james wan stuff even though he was a torture porn director originally um and yeah it just kind of seemed as if the slasher just kind of trailed off i mean i know we got a few like we got sorority row remake um we got like a black christmas remake and it was like they were really trying so hard to bring it back but it just wasn't just wasn't the time for it do you think that perhaps with Scream 5 and Candyman coming out and do you think we're going to see another slasher revival? I think we've seen it a little bit. I think uh, Blumhouse, I think, mm -hmm. is, is definitely leading the, the pack with that with, with them producing the Halloween yeah. uh, new ones with Freaky that was out just mm -hmm. earlier this year with the, the body swap slasher yeah. film, Happy Death Day. There, there's There's been some more interesting takes mm. on the slasher which i think is what it needs people yeah just don't seem to want just a, a general slasher yeah. unless it's michael myers that, yeah that, that obviously doing well but i think we're seeing some inventive slasher films at the minute and i'm i'm, I'm trepidatious about the new scream yeah I'll, I'll be interested to see what they they do with it but they did you're next wasn't it? i think that's yeah. what too and so that was a, again a really good slasher so mm. I'll, be, I'll be keen to see but we do seem to be in a little bit of a a, a slasher boom again with unique slasher titles coming out yeah. not just a whole glut of them but yeah every couple of months we're getting something that, that mm -hmm. is actually quite fun and, and, and watchable yeah um so what apart from obviously what films are coming out and you know you said 
more inventive. What do you think is the future of slasher? Do you think that perhaps it's going to have to go kind of what the supernatural has done recently where it has to go to a modern route where it's like, okay, now we're going to bring it to like the internet kind of age and do, and kind of further it with technology as we've seen perhaps with other subgenres in horror. Yeah, I think, I think possibly it would just be interesting to see. I think it, I think the old way of just doing a slasher where somebody just works their way through mm-hmm. a, a group of people in the body count, I think we are tired of that. Yeah. And so I think finding new and, and interesting ways of, of doing slack. I think there'll, there'll always be an interest in it mm-hmm. as long as people are doing it in unique and interesting ways. Yeah. Clearly with Freaky, there was an audience for it and with the Halloween stuff and, and Candyman, yeah, it's exciting that that's coming out. I've got, I'm, I'm excited to see where that goes. So, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I think I think there's always going to be room for, for inventive slasher yeah. films. Um, so before we go, I usually ask my guests, what is your favourite horror film? Well, there's probably a, probably a couple, if I can cheat mm. slightly. I think Nightmare on Elm Street, just because of yeah. the, the, the impact that had on me very early in, in my childhood and, and was probably a gateway into to horror films. Mm-hmm. I think more recently, The Descent is probably the okay. one that I've seen in, in the last couple of decades that I think is just a really good, yeah. nasty, scary horror film. Yeah, and so they would be the two nightmare kind of from the past. And yeah, Descent now is probably a modern one that I think you know that's that's really good. Yeah, the Descent always I haven't seen in a while. Um, and one of my previous guests I've just had on were like, oh, I just watched the Descent and I found it really like kind of problematic a bit, and it was kind of disappointing because I had such good memories of the Descent, and I have good memories of the Descent. Well, kind of bad memories because I hate the feeling of being like I'm real claustrophobic like mm. the thought of going splunking terrifies me because I'm like mm. no I wouldn't be able for it I would just the thought of having to crawl through a really tight space just freaks me out and I think that's why the descent got me so much well, I think that's the, the, the descent is scary even before you mm. get to the, the the inbred cannibals yeah. that live down there when when yeah when one of the characters gets trapped and, and the things that, the, that starts yeah. to fall in itself that that's terrifying enough yeah uh, without then adding cannibals that are trying to rip you apart so yeah, yeah no, i completely agree I, I think the idea of spunking and caving is just i, I couldn't think of anything worse no. <laughs> and do you think that just obviously thinking about like claustrophobia and blah do you think good horror is one that concentrates on those kind of basic fears of like claustrophobia or agoraphobia in a few other ones or even like home invasions you know something that really pays on like basic human fear i think so because it, it, it gives us that cathartic response where we again we can have that safe space mm-hmm. to to feel the fears that we have yeah but but for it not to be real we can still experience it in our bodies but then we've yeah. got a, a way to to release it by watching these these films and mm-hmm. i know probably thinking of the the horror films that i love all tap into those those fears that i have yeah um thank you so much for coming on and chatting about the slasher revival no problem thank you it's been a pleasure so that was my chat there with Stephen mitchell about the slasher revival of the kind of late 90s early 2000s and we covered two films so that was cherry falls from 2000 um directed by jeffrey wright 
And then 2005's remake, House of Wax, directed by Jaume Colesera. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this little chat we had. And I hope it kind of inspires you to go back and watch a few slashes from that era. Because let's be honest, like they're good kind of popcorn movies. Like let's not deny that. Let's not be snobs. Um, are they classic? No. Are they good to kind of on when you're feeling a bit blur and watch ridiculous, ridiculous cheese from early 2000s? Absolutely. I highly recommend it. Um, yes, as always, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at What A Scream Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at What Underscore Scream. Um, whatever platform you're listening to us on, I'd really appreciate if you could give us like a review or a subscribe or a comment or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. Um, and as always, I hope you are enjoying the spooky season because it is now official spooky season. Um, happy Halloween. Happy Samhain. Woo! Um, so yes. Yay! Let's go. Spooky season. Um, I've got a few episodes coming up that are going to be spooky season themed. So look out for those. Um, and as always, stay horrific. Goodbye.